Father, thank you for your incredible love for us and sending your son, Jesus Christ, so that we could have a shot at living a real life. And we could be forgiven. And we could be restored. We could be renewed. That our relationships could have meaning. when we finally understand who you are and what you've done for us through your son, Jesus Christ, our response is to praise, to worship, to say yes to you. Thank you for not only being a God who created all things and by him all things exist, being a God who cares about each individual that's bowed in this room at this moment. Who cares enough to know every aspect of our lives, to know everything about us. And to love us in spite of our sin and our shortcomings. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your spirit who guides and directs us and pulls us to yourself. Now, God, in the next few moments, as we open your word, we pray that we would see Jesus. Pray that our hearts would be drawn to you. Challenge us. Encourage us. Make us aware of who you are. We'll praise you for it in your name. So last week, I started talking about family. Started talking a little bit about leaving a legacy and what that means. And we realized as we started that conversation that leaving a legacy um, has a lot more to do with who we are right now than what people will think of us later, right? You can't leave a legacy, you can't leave something that you haven't done internally, that you haven't worked on internally. And so last week we started talking about that. And we're going to leave a legacy. We talked about that last week, that one way or another, we are going to leave a legacy. (laughs) Either people are going to have good things to say about us and be affected for good because of our life, or they are going to be affected in a negative way and when we pass on and people are remembering us, uh, the things that they'll have to say about us and the direction that their life goes or the effect that we have on their life may lead them in a way that we didn't really have in mind. And we talked about last week that the hardest person in our family to lead is who? See, everybody wanted to forget that. I knew it. Who? Let's say that together just to be sure that we, because some people weren't here and I, I don't want them to miss it. The hardest person to lead in my family is me. Me. And if I'm going to leave a legacy, then I have to start by leading who? Me. Me. 
The struggle that I have is internal. The struggle that I have is with my spirit. It's with my stuff. It's, it's with the story that I've told myself with for so long. It's, it's what I've begun to believe about myself. And because of it, I struggle with it. I, I don't want people to really know that it's going on. And I, I don't want them to think less of me. And I, I don't want them to think about the story that I have going on. And I, I, and I struggle. And I paint a picture of who I am that I want people to think, but internally, I I don't even think that about myself. And I struggle. And we talk that it comes down to this, that I I end up being the weakest link, right? I end up being the problem. I, I end up being the stumbling block. I'm the one who causes the issues for myself. And because I'm causing the issues for myself, in turn, my family also reacts to what's going on in me. And I wonder why. And we said this, this isn't God's problem. He already came up with a solution for this. It's his son, Jesus Christ. He knew the issue of sin. He knew the struggle that we would have. And so he came up with a solution and immediately he came up with that solution. It was his son. As soon as sin happened, he said, I have a plan to redeem mankind, to restore the relationship that's been broken between their creator, me, and and the created man. And that solution is my son, Jesus Christ. And when I accept his gift of forgiveness, his opportunity at life, it starts me down a different path. And I realize that I don't need to be the weakest person, the weakest link. I I don't need to be the struggle. I don't need to be the one who causes the problems in my family. It can be somebody else. (laughs) Don't feel too much relief. Because of what Jesus Christ did for me, he changes me. I am not destined to fail. I don't have to give in. I don't have to follow that path that seems so real in my head. I don't need to go that way because of Jesus Christ. That can change. How do I know I'm in Christ? We ended last week by talking about this, the fact that I can come, I can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I can come to the place where I understand that I can't pay the price for my sin. There's nothing that I can do to make that right, but someone already did it for me. Jesus Christ went to the cross and he paid the price for my sin. And he didn't just die there. He rose again the third day. And he lives seated at the right hand of the father, the one who is your advocate, the one who who pleads your case before the father on a regular basis. And he paid the price for your sin so that you can have life. Well, how in the world do I know that I'm in Christ? Well, here's, here's the beginning of that. I know that I'm in Christ because the moment that I give up and I say yes to Jesus Christ, my mindset, first of all, changes. And I stop striving to prove that I'm good. And I realize that all the goodness is, that is in me is found in Jesus Christ because of what he did for me. And not only does my mindset change, but my heart changes. All of a sudden, everything that was about me, that was for me, remember last week we said this, that we become narcissistic or we become navel gazers. We look at ourselves inwardly all the time, trying to figure out what's best for me, what works for me. Hey, how do I get the most out of this? When I come to know Jesus Christ, that changes. 
And all of a sudden, he becomes my master. He becomes the guide of my life. And I begin to say, hey, what would Jesus have me to do about this? How would God see this? How should I treat these people in light of what Jesus Christ did for me? So there's a mindset that changes, and there's a heart attitude that changes when I'm in Christ. If you go to 1 John, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, you'll find that there are tests of our salvation, and those are the, the, that's boiling those tests down. It says this, that if I'm in Christ, then the love of God is in me. And that is how I see people. Now, if you were here last week, I told you at the end of the lesson last week, what? Anybody remember? Oh, come on. I thought some of you would be like, I can't wait for this. I told you there was a secret weapon. And at this week, we will figure out the secret weapon. Are you ready for this? Are you guys awake? Okay, I'm just checking. I want to talk about a secret weapon this morning. If you are in Christ, we have a secret weapon. Let me tell you the contrast between being in Christ and not being in Christ, okay? To help you to understand why the secret weapon matters. Here's the contrast. If you were to look at at Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 10, you can flip there if you want. They won't be on the screen. I'm just going to give this to you. This is a bonus, okay? Romans 8, 5 to 10. If we are not in Christ, the Bible describes it this way. That means that we are in the flesh. It means that our flesh, our heart's desires drive what we do. And if we're in the flesh, then this is what it looks like. My mind is set on the lusts, of my flesh, the stuff that brings desire to me, the stuff that I look at and go, man, that would be fun. Man, that would fill me up. Man, I'd love to do that. Man, it's all about me, the lusts of the flesh. If my mind is on the flesh, the Bible says this, that those lusts of the flesh will lead ultimately to death. The flesh is hostile to God. In other words, if God has some rules or God has some ways that life should be functioning, I'll look at God and go, you're crazy, I'm doing it my way. Now, I wouldn't say that out loud, right? No way. But internally, I say it all the time. No, God, I know best, I've got this. You're hostile toward God. You're unwilling to submit to God. In other words, when God, by his spirit, directs you in a way, you look at God and you go, not, not this time, I got it, I'll do it my way. Right? And you become Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. Right? And that's the song you sing. Now you sing it internally, but it's your favorite song. If I'm in the flesh, it says this, that I cannot please God. My very nature is against him. It says this, that I cannot know God at all. Scripture says in other places that you know about God, but you don't know the power of God. That's in your flesh. Now, if I'm in the spirit of God and I come to know God, it means this, that my mind is now set on God. Wow, big difference. From the flesh, my way, did it my way, I'm happy with my way, I'm going to do everything the way I want, to my mind is set on God. It's the starting point, it's the foundation that I now work off, I'm set. And being set on God leads me to life and peace. It's different. 
If I'm set on the flesh, it says this, that it leads me to death. But if I'm set on God and my mindset is set on God, I have life and peace. And ultimately, it leads this. You could, you could say it this way. It leads to good living or righteousness. That becomes the thought process of my life. So what is the secret weapon that helps me to do this? Well, I read a quote last week, and it said this, and I want to give this to you. It says, your body is really good at following the direction of your face. Levi Levi Lesko wrote that in a book. Think about this for a minute. Your body is really good at following the direction of your face. If you skate or you ski or any of those things, you know what, what happens? Where you look, your body will turn. It'll go there. Hey, for some of you, when you drive, this happens to you all the time. My wife is actually on my case a little bit about this. I like to look around. I like to see stuff when I'm driving. And what's happening, I've noticed, is that as I drive and I begin to look, the vehicle follows. I don't know how. It knows where I'm looking. And it goes there. And some of you are struggling with the same. Keep your eyes straight for the rest of us. And I'm talking to myself. But that's what happens to us in our spiritual life. The same thing is where our face turns is where we end up going. Think of that for a moment. Where your face turns spiritually is where you end up going. Remember what I said about being in Christ? It means that my face... My heart is set on God. And if my face turns toward God, guess where I'm going to go? Toward God. But if my face turns toward myself and the flesh and the stuff that I like, the stuff that's all about me, guess where I end up going? Yeah, toward death, toward me, toward fulfilling what I want. And so I need help. You need help because our very nature draws us to look away from God toward our own stuff. And so we need help. We need a secret weapon. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Let me read these to you. It says this. In him you also, this is in Christ, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you also believed, you were sealed in him with the promised what what is it let's say that again you were sealed in him with the promised what holy spirit secret weapon the holy spirit he said when you came to know jesus christ when you understood that you were a sinner and you needed a savior and the savior was christ the moment that you gave your heart and life to christ the holy spirit sealed you he put his stamp on you and he said they're mine I bought them with a price. I got them. They're mine. The Holy Spirit was given, sealed. He is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of His glory. The secret weapon? God's Holy Spirit. That's the secret weapon. You want to leave a legacy that matters? You want to take your family to a place that matters? You want to go somewhere that matters long term? First of all, it's being in Christ so your face is toward God. And secondly, it's allowing the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you. The Holy Spirit 
is your secret weapon. I want to take the next few moments that we have together. I want to look at Romans chapter 8, which is where we were last week. I want to talk to you about what the Holy Spirit provides for you. I want to talk to you about the benefits of allowing the Holy Spirit to actually work in your heart and your life. That means saying yes to God. That means turning my face toward God. Because remember, wherever my face turns, my body follows. I want to talk to you what that means to actually say yes to the Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, Romans chapter 8, I'm going to start at verse 10. And I'm going to skip through some verses. I'll tell you which ones, but I'm going to skip down through them because there's a lot here we can't cover at all this morning. Romans chapter 8, verse 10. He says this. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives light, life because of righteousness. What does the Spirit provide for you? What's that verse say? What does the Spirit provide for you? Life. Life. Some of us, some sitting in this room, have been dead for a long time. Tim, what do you mean? (laughs) I hope not. I'm sitting beside people. (laughs) Spiritually. What this verse is saying is this. It's the spirit of God that brings life to our soul. And without the spirit of God, there is no life. Some of you know exactly what I'm saying. Because inside, you've lost hope, and you've lost meaning, and you've been searching for it, and you've been looking everywhere. Oh, you've tried. You've tried with different people. You've tried with different relationships. You've tried with substances. You've tried with material things. You've tried by your looks. You've tried by the outward appearance of the people around you. You've tried all kinds of things to make yourself feel alive, but yet you can't do it. You can't get there. It's never enough. Some of you have drowned yourself in work. Some of you have drowned yourself in pleasure. Some of you have gone down the road of fun. You've looked for all kinds of things to fill that, and it can only be filled. It can only bring life to you by the Spirit of God. That's it, because that's how God created you. And Scripture tells us this, that look, the Spirit of God, when He lives in you, when you come to have a relationship with God himself, the spirit of God brings life to you. Look at verse 12, because he keeps going with this. And he says, so then, brothers and sisters, we are not, I love this word, obligated to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. See, some of you think that, that you have to try this. I have to go down this road because this road will bring meaning. This road will bring fulfillment to my life and I have to go down this road. You don't. Because if you are in Christ, Scripture tells us this, I am no longer obligated. And obligated simply means this. It means that I am not bound or constrained. I'm not forced into this road anymore. In other words, there is no one out there who's forcing you to try different things to bring life and meaning. Because God says, look, I want to bring freedom. I want to bring hope. 
I want to give you a different view on life than you've ever had before. And all that stuff that you're trying to fill your life with, it won't work. And you don't have to go there. You're no longer obligated to live this way. And all that empty stuff you can get rid of. You can let go of. How? Verse 13, he keeps going with that. Because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, what's it say? You will live. You can live. You have a chance at real life, not emptiness. Not striving, not looking for something that will bring momentarily, momentary pleasure to your life. Not something that, that is, it's, it's great, but it fleets, it leaves, and then i got to do something more. It's like a high. And most of what we try to fill our life with is, is a high of some sort. Whether it's buying stuff, or it's a substance, or it's relationships. It's highs that we're after, and the moment we get one, we need one that's greater. we got to work harder at it. And God goes, no, I created you for a relationship with me and my spirit offers freedom of life and hope and it will make you live a life you never thought you could have. It's yours. Not only can you live, but this next verse tells us this, not only can you live and have a real life, but you can have a home, you can belong, because a lot of us are looking for a place where we're accepted, we belong. And the Spirit of God does that. Look at verse 14, he says, For all those led by God's Spirit are God's what? Sons. They belong. They're part of the family. The Spirit of God who puts His seal on us not only brings life to us, but He says, look, come on in! You're home! Bear hug. That's what that was. That's what you're looking for. That's what all of us want, a place to belong. If you're old enough to remember the the TV show Cheers, you anybody remember Cheers? You know what everybody liked about Cheers? You got it because everybody knew your name. You walked in and it was, hey, Norm, right? That's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to belong. And God looks at us and he knows how he created us. And he says, I created you with a longing to belong. And I want you to belong. And my spirit shows up in your life and says, hey, you're my family. You're my child. You belong. You have a place. You belong in this family. God always goes so much further than we would. Right? We offer the minimum. (laughs) We do the minimum so much. We don't do the hard work. We just do enough to get by. You know what I'm talking about. Don't pretend you don't. And God always goes all the way. He doesn't just do enough. He does more than enough. He gives an abundance. And when he accepts you into his family, he does the same thing. Look at verses 16 and 17. He always goes way beyond. He just doesn't say you're a son. He says this, The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children... 
we are also heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. He doesn't just say, you belong to the family. He says, everything of this family, it's yours. Welcome. Not only do you belong, not only am I going to give you a bear hug, not only do you have a place at the seat of the table, but you are an heir in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. My only son, the one who I love, the one who is perfect, and he gets all of it. You also get it all. It's all yours. And the Spirit of God brings that to light in your life. It's all yours. See why it's a secret weapon? Because what we strive for, what we work so hard for, what we try to do in ourselves, God, in His generosity, has already done for you by His Spirit. It's yours. In His Spirit. I don't deserve this place. I don't deserve for the Holy Spirit to show up and seal, put that seal on my life and make me a member of the family and allow me to belong and allow me to have everything that's at God's disposal. I do not deserve it. I get it. But it's mine because God is generous and he loves me. Same is true for you. Look at the end of this, verses 26 and 27. Let me read it to you. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Are you weak? I am. Do you struggle? I do. You ever been tempted? I am. You ever blown it and wish you could take it back? I have. You ever been at a place where you just don't know what the next step is? Been there. You ever looked at a relationship or a situation and you said, man, there is absolutely no way that this comes out good? Been there. Verse 26 says this, that in our weaknesses, (laughs) not when you think you've got it all together, because then you really don't, by the way. You're the only one who's fooled. In our weaknesses, in admitting our weaknesses, it says this, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, because we do not know what to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And He who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit, because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Folks, here's here's the secret weapon. The Holy Spirit looks at us and He says, that guy down there, and, and He does this respectfully, He says, look, that Tim Knowles is an idiot. And He doesn't know what to pray. And He's right. I don't. And he says, and because he doesn't know what to pray, I am going to go before the Father. I'm going to tell the Father what he needs. And I'm going to lift it up to the Father because I want what's best for Tim. And he does it for you too. And he says, in our weaknesses, the Spirit comes before the Father and he says, look, they can't, he can't, she can't figure this out, but I know what they need. God, would you give this to them? Do you need that today? I do. I am so glad that God, in his wisdom, gave me the secret weapon of the Holy Spirit. 
Because guys, what I've realized in my short life that's getting longer is this. Even when I think I know what I need, I don't. Even when I think I know the answer, I don't. But God's spirit does. And he will direct me the way that is right. If I'll listen. If I'll say yes. The spirit helps us in our weakness. The promise is support when we are weak. He has your back. He doesn't go to the father and say, look how horrible this person is. Look how crazy this person is. He goes before him and he says, I want what is best for your child. Oh God, the father, would you provide this? The strength, the patience, the courage, the grace that they need to make it through. The spirit is praying for you right now, right at this moment, if you are in Christ. Galatians 5. I'm going to finish with this this morning. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. He says this, I say then, walk by the Spirit, And you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. Whichever way your face is turned, your body will follow. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. The moment that you turn your face to the Spirit of God, guess what follows? The rest of you, when you turn your face to the Spirit of God, your mind, your heart, your body begins to follow the Spirit of God. Walk by the Spirit. You know the struggle that you've been having this week? You know the fight that's been going on inside? The stuff that grabs you every time? You know the temptation that you just can't get over? You know the attitude that you've struggled with in your heart and your mind? You know that, that guilt that you've carried? You know that searing pain that you have every time you see that one person or every time you think about that one situation? Turn your face to God. Your mind and your heart will follow. But if you keep your face on whatever that is that's got you trapped, guess what? That's where you're going to be. Turn your face. I say then, walk by the Spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. The Holy Spirit is our secret weapon guaranteed to us by God himself. And his job or his his work in our hearts and our life is this, to provide life, to remove the obligation for me to fulfill the desires of my flesh, to make it so I understand that I belong in God's family. I am a member. I am a child of God. I am a joint heir. I have full access to the family 
And he promises to help me and support me in the middle of my weakness. I need him. I don't know about you. Can I encourage you today? Do you want to make a lasting difference in your family? You want to leave a legacy that matters? You want to leave a legacy that makes a difference for generations? Then lean into the Spirit of God. Did you catch me? Lean in to the Spirit of God. Turn your face toward God. Yield to the Spirit of God. Say yes to the provision of Jesus Christ and allow God's Holy Spirit to guide you in the direction and the way that you should go. Oh, Father, would you help us? This is hard. You've been so generous to us. You've offered us mercy and forgiveness and grace. You've allowed us to become part of your family through your son, Jesus Christ, and you offer all of the help that we could ever need through the ministry of your spirit in our hearts and our lives. God, would you help us to turn our face to you, to say yes and to yield. May your work be accomplished in us so that we can be the legacy, we can leave the legacy in our family that makes a difference for generations. Work in us. Help us to walk by your spirit in your name. Amen. The band's going to sing a special for us as we close this morning that talks about us leaning in to the spirit of God.